Scoopy gang, Scoopy gang. Welcome to a new week. And I'm TJ, Mr. Lee. And we have today our new guest, Janet. Hi. From Thanks for having me. Ireland. <laughs> Ireland. <laughs> yeah. You're right number nine, TJ. Welcome to our world. You're not going to have a clue what we're saying. We'll definitely need some titles for this one. <laughs> so, what's the story? How are you? Yeah, good, good. Life is good. Loving life in Bali as usual. It's difficult um, not to, right? Yeah, life is good here, isn't it? Yeah. How long have you been here now? I have been here, Lima Tahun, five years. Five years. Yeah. Oh, Lima Tahun. Lima That's Tahun. Five years. Yeah. Five years. A little bit over, but I, I'm only here for about half of every year. Yeah. I've gone for about six months of every year. Okay. Um, but I still kind of call Bali home because yeah. like, it's my base and I always come back here. But, okay. Yeah, I leave so do you ever go back to Ireland? I try to go back like once a year. Once I was a home year. for Christmas. I went okay. home for six days. Okay. So, okay. Six so, days? Yeah. Dude, that's all I could last. <laughs> <laughs> you were longer in the air than you went back home. <laughs> Literally took me two days to travel home and like almost two days to travel back and I was back for six days. My what? family was like, you mean you're not staying for New Year's? I'm like, no, sorry, I have plans. Oh, you didn't even stay for New Year's? No. <laughs> I'm really bad. <laughs> so is it like awful. big thing, New Year's in Ireland? No, my parents were like, what do you mean you're not staying for New Year's? So I was like, well, what's your plan? And they were like, nothing, we're just going to sit in and watch TV. Yeah. Like, no. And you want me to stay? <laughs> Where did you celebrate New Year's? I uh, went to Uluwatu. Uluwatu? Uh, yeah. Oh. My friends got a villa, like this incredible like villa. Um, about maybe 20 of us went there for okay. New Year's. We stayed away from all the big parties, like Finn, Savai, everything. I didn't want to deal with traffic and driving or anything. But I mean, when you got 20 people in a villa, it's, it's a party in the itself, right? Thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're only going <laughs> to hang around with them anyway. Fun. Oh, we saw all the fireworks anyway, because it was like right up on a hill in Uluwatu. Nice. So like we had like the best view of the fireworks all the way as far as like Kuta, Changu, everything. Really? Yeah, wow. it was insane. It was one of the best fireworks shows I've ever seen. I swear. Do, do you, what is the best New Year ever you, you ever had, like if you Ooh. can remember? That I've ever had. One of the best ones probably in Sydney years ago. I was okay. in Australia. Yeah. And, like. You know, like New Year's Eve in Sydney, we went to a boat party and it was like pirate themed. So everyone had to dress up like pirates. And then we're like on a boat going under the Sydney Harbour Bridge and then all the fireworks going off. And I remember thinking like, wow, it was really expensive. I think I spent like two weeks wages on that one boat ticket. Two you know, like, weeks. Backpacking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like $300 for the ticket. And yeah, but you'll never forget I it made, yeah, yeah, one of the best New Year's ever, I think. Yeah. Have you been sure. to New York for New Year's ever? No. No, I never been either. I think I've been to New York, but not for New Year's. Yeah, see the ball drop, right? Yeah, yeah Times yeah. Square. I mean, yeah. they say it's best uh, New Year's ever, but yeah. uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think I feel like the only one that really stands out would be the Sydney one. Yeah. Yeah. Off the top of my head, I think so many of the other ones just blend in, right? You're just like loads in Bali, Gili Islands. That was a good ones. Gilly, uh, don't remember much. <laughs> 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 That's yeah. everyone was saying. As soon as I say Gilly, okay, do you remember anything? <laughs> I remember it being a good weekend. I don't, I don't really remember the details. Yeah. yeah. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand. Every, everybody does. <laughs> everybody does mean the Gilly. Yeah, come on. That one. You can't lie. But we do remember everything. All I know is that it was a good time. Yeah, yeah exactly. You leave thinking, oh, that was great. You don't, remember, don't remember the details. You leave wanting to go back. Yeah, always. All you, all you remember is being in the Sama Sama Sama, singing the yeah, songs yeah. to the reggae, the reggae bar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So good. So good. And then it's just so cycling around time. everyone on a bike. Yeah. Just getting purposely lost. And you keep meeting people you know, like because if you've lived in Bali for long enough, for me anyway, 
you'd just be cycling around and like, oh, like there's someone I know from some bar in Chengdu, or oh, I used to work in a co-working space with you, and you're just cycling around and like, hi, hi, and yet you're on a tropical island like off the coast of Indonesia. It's a small it's world over here, though. Yeah. It's tiny. Yeah. I'm like, I saw you somewhere, but I don't fucking remember where. Yeah, yeah, it's I can't that's, that's kind of thing. You can even meet people from home because like so many Irish people go to the Gili Islands. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a rite of passage. Like they come to Bali. And they think, well, years ago anyway, they used to just think it's Kuda, Ubud, and Gili Island. So yeah. there's nothing else to Bali. Really, that was yeah. what everyone used to do. Now it's like Changu, maybe Uluwatu, yeah. do some sort of thing in Ubud, and then they go to the Gili Islands. It's still the same. All Irish people go to the Gili Islands. All the Irish people. Yeah. All the Irish, Irish people that does travel, like he, he travels, but yeah. I don't see a lot of Irish people there. They're in, still in Changu. And... Not too many Irish people like in Changu, but I think like people, like living here, yeah. but I think people that travel mainly on their way to Australia or on the way home, mm. they all stop off in Gilly. Like I know four separate people here right now, like on holidays um, from home, and they're all in Gilly right now. Yeah. All separately, like four separate people. Four separate they're people. They're all in Gilly Tea right now. It's not Big Island. I messaged them. Right? Should I create a group WhatsApp for you guys? I know you don't know each other, but yeah. I know all four of you. So oh, they, none of them know each other? No. Four separate, mm. totally separate people. I've heard that the Irish bar out there actually isn't owned by an Irish guy. It's not Irish at all. Yeah, it's, no. like, it's called Tiernan O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Land of the Young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, He's Australian, man. Is he's Australian or American? Yeah, one of the It's not a real Irish pub. Yeah, like no. it doesn't resemble anything to do with a real Irish pub. Oh. But it's fun. Yeah. Doesn't have sticky carpets no. or like proper. I mean, it's all like doors and like palm trees and stuff. But it's beautiful. It is nice <laughs> no, to, to hang out. Yeah. I love the way there. It's every place gets its turn to have the party. Yeah, I think it's like a, it's a huge like community thing. Yeah, I think that's why you never see any trouble. Yeah, everybody's happy and it smiling. It is nice. You got yeah. like your Monday night, your Wednesday night, your Friday night. They all kind of take turns. They're very good to each other. Mm, but then you quickly realize it's like fucking hell. I'm drinking every single <laughs> yeah. night. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the big, the main ones are like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But then there's like the Tuesday and the Thursday and Saturday. So I mean, so yeah, 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 everything is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Jagger, right? Especially when you know there's going to be Irish there. You know, there's something is going to. be And there's so many party. backpackers that everyone is up for kind of partying all the time because yeah. that's kind of why they're there. Did you so. see recently that they, I don't know where I was from, with the boat? That, yeah, that boat. Uh, oh, it's from, uh, it's from... I think from, that was yeah. the, from New Spanina, right? Or something? No, it's from the... It's from Gilly. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I saw it. I thought of him straight away when I seen it. Yeah. Because he's... When we were going, he was like, oh, I don't like being on the sea. I don't like being yeah. on the sea. Yeah. So. I have a lot of friends that are really nervous to take those boats. And I'm always like, it's fine. Like, why are you so nervous? And then I saw those videos. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Because I, I don't think uh, I don't know they take care of the boats or not, but like it's it's not easy to sink. It's not e- how in the hell a boat sinks. Yeah. So. I saw all the videos and photos of like people holding on to like their precious belongings, like it's gonna get crazy, they're, they're right? Gone, man, like it's, it's gonna get wet. Yeah, no, I know, but I was like, they, I think they got like five million commission um, compensation each. They're like, my laptop alone is worth like 30 million oh, rupiah, right? Yeah. Oh, when you said 5 Disaster. million, I was thinking dollars. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, like, ah. companies, like, I'll give you 200 bucks. So you're a, you're a well-renowned sort of person Travel. traveling around, right? Yeah, yeah, I travel a lot. How many have you ticked off so far? 101. 101, it's like a traveling 101. Yeah. <laughs> Quite really hard to get new countries because I've, I've been to so many and I keep okay. kind of going back to the same ones. Like this year, I've got three lined up, three new ones lined up. Just yeah. that many, because I'm going to like ridiculous kind of countries this year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, three new ones. But I do find it hard now to like, I have to really go out of my way 
Like I actually messaged a company literally just before coming here and asking if they're running tours to North Korea this year. Because uh, they've been shut because you have to go via China. Because China's okay. been shut for three years. China just announced they're reopening. So if they're reopening, I'm guessing that means that the North Korea tours will be back on soon. Okay. So they said they'll message me and keep you updated. So what is the, like, that's, that's, I don't know, Neil and North Korea, but. <laughs> so, You're like, I'm not sure if we should be talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nah. Beep, beep. Podcast just goes. <laughs> so what. Sorry, Instagram, don't censor us. <laughs> <laughs> a TikTok wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm mean, like, what is the top three three countries and what is the worst three countries? That I've been to? Yeah. Uh, top three. I mean, Indonesia. I live here. I've yeah, been here five years. I'm yeah. obsessed with the place. I love it. I traveled, not just Bali, I've traveled all over Indonesia. Yeah. So, it's taking top spot. Sorry? That's taken top I don't spot. have a top, but it's in my top three. Okay. Okay. So, and then okay. South Africa is one of my favorites. I lived oh, there before yeah. as well. I love it. And then Iraq, which is a bit random, but okay. uh, I went there like a year and a half ago mm-hmm. and it kind of changed my life. There's this whole story around it, but it, yeah, well, it essentially changed my life. We'll and, get in there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah get in there. And then I've been back to Iraq four times. So, I've been four times in total to Iraq in the last year and a half. Sure. Oh. And I'm going back again in like two months. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So. I'm interested to hear about this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's like definitely up there in my top three. Okay. What's the three worst? Uh, well, that's a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, okay. I don't think I have, but I have to say I haven't had positive experiences in uh, Egypt or Morocco. That's just as a female solo traveler. I've okay. Had okay. Pretty negative. Tom would be upset about this. <laughs> Tom. Uh, Tom loves Morocco. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I. And I, I did give both of them a go. So I've been to Morocco three times yeah. and I've been to Egypt three times. So it wasn't like I went once and I was like, oh, I need the place. Mm. I was like, I'll go back. It'll be better this time. It wasn't. Went back to Egypt like a third time. And like, okay, one of the weeks was kind of good because I was traveling with some guys. Yeah. The minute they left, it just changed. Like, yeah. The atmosphere changed. So what happened in it? Iraq. So I went there like a year and a half ago and okay. it had just opened for tourism. So it hadn't opened for tourism in 20 years. So like me and my friends were some of the first people to travel to Iraq in like the 21st century, essentially. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Like we would meet people on the streets like shocked to see us. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Why are you here? So many, so many things that happened there were just to do with people being like, I can't believe you're here. Yeah. People would come up to us on the street and like thank us for coming and you know, all these incredible experiences while there. The people are so friendly. I, like walk up to you on the street and like, hey, come into my cafe, have a free cup of coffee. Like, I'm just so happy to see you. Oh, it's really hot. Have a free bottle of water. Like people would throw bottles oh, of water wow. out of their houses at us. Oh, <laughs> In a nice it's... way. No, they're like, it's really hot. Are you okay? Like just throwing those bottles of water. And like, it was crazy. We Like we were invited into one shop, kind of like a... um like a pound you know like an old old style pound shop or a euro store they're showing your age now right yeah and uh, (laughs) in there and they were just like take anything you want like i'm confused what What? they're like yeah there was a group of us and they they just wanted to give us free stuff they were like come into our shop they were like giving us random key rings there's all this random stuff i'm like what is happening like face like yeah what just as a gesture to say thanks for yeah Yeah. just for being there yeah they're just so happy to see tourists and like just you can have such unique experiences there. Like, you can have a picnic in Saddam Hussein's abandoned palace, right? Yeah. Or you can, like, 
you go through all these like military checkpoints, you can visit cities that are like still ruled by militia. Like they take your passport as you go into the city and they say like, you're not allowed to stay in the United city. So when you leave the city, we'll give you back your passport. Oh. It's quite scary. Yeah. So for a few hours, you're like touring around the city and you don't have your passport. Shit. Mm. Yeah. How, how do you feel then? Yeah, like the first time I did it, like it was nerve wracking. Yeah. Then when I went back, so I brought groups back, like and when I went back, so I could see that they were scared, but I was like, guys, don't worry, I'm done already. Yeah. They really do give you your passport back at the end. We had one, we had one funny situation actually. So I start bringing groups there, my followers. So like, fifteen people at a time, maybe Irish people, maybe okay. girls, and um, yeah, it was like we were at that checkpoint and they stopped us, and the guy was like looking really serious. He had, he had like an AK forty seven gun. And like just so much, they have so many guns, like it's crazy, more, more than like a crowd Texan, let's say. But yeah, they're like getting on the bus and all 15 of our passports just like piled up and he's just looking at each one and looking for the person, you know, looking for the person and they're all sitting there a little bit scared. And um, then he gets my one, I could see it's my one because it's just so battered, you know. Yeah. And he opens it up and he's like looking at me and looks at me, he's like, TikTok! ஆமாங்க <laughs> <laughs> And next thing they'd be coming along, we had another guy, he got on the bus. We're, we're going to Basra, which is right down in southern Iraq, near the border with Kuwait. Again, like kind of a bit of a dodgy place in general. Right now it is, it is safe, but mm-hmm. a lot of checkpoints. So the guy gets on the bus and he looks at everyone. He's quite serious looking and he's like, everyone, stand up. And we're all like, what? Shit. And he's like, sit down. Where's your homework? Oh, <laughs> no. It's all he remembered from school, right? So he was like, that's all the English I know. We were like, oh, you just gave us a whole bunch of For sure, man. And then he, just, he burst out laughing. And then he went, ha ha. And then he just like, jumped off the bus. <laughs> But he's good, you know? We're like, How is my joke so far? Can you read my joke, please? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even if you didn't think it was funny, we're still laughing. Just, oh, yeah. We're like, I don't know what this happens to you. But yeah, it's just funny stuff. No, I can't imagine because, like, let's say, like, right now, even, like, going through TSA, I feel like every time I go through TSA, when they open my password, I'm like, would you let me in or... Yeah. Yeah, I have. And I can't I, imagine being with the AK-47 and standing next to you and like, he's like, TikTok, TikTok. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So many things. And like, oh, our videos just started going so viral. And like, we were all starting to make like TikToks, YouTube videos, stuff like that. Um, so when I went back the second time, and I don't say this lightly, like I was famous in Iraq. Like I'm literally a celebrity. Anywhere. Wow. So I arrived back like <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> But like you know I'd be on the plane, I would be boarding the flight in Istanbul to fly to Baghdad and at least like 10 people on the plane would come up and ask me for a selfie. Like, How does that make you feel though? Yeah. Just weird. I'm like yeah. this is so strange like we couldn't go anywhere. You a bank, we were waiting in a bank to exchange money and they tell her like the guy behind the counter he's like TikTok, TikTok. Like, you know, oh, how does man. everyone has seen Can you give me a strong money? Give <laughs> me <laughs> a good strong uh, exchange rate, you know, like. And was that because you made TikToks in Iraq? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So we would do stuff like 
just everything like, oh, hey, I'm a tourist in Iraq and I'm visiting um, the site of the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Or, hey, I'm a tourist in Iraq and I'm trying Iraqi food. And they just loved it because they had never really seen it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. White blonde girl traveling around Iraq just like eating all the food. Like I would like go up to people on the street if they were eating street food, like sitting on the ground and I would just sit next to them and just start filming it, you know? Be like, can, can I try some of your food? Like, well, they would always offer it first yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm not just like stealing your food. Just clarifying. Give me a chip there with it. And like, yeah, I'd just be recording it. And really basic videos, you know? Like we, we, would, we would try some very unique juice that they have. And it would be like a 10 second clip, like just recipient it, like, wow, so good. And then a million views, five million views. Wow. Yeah. Do, do you like amazing. getting attention? Do I like getting attention? Up until that point, I had never really got much, to be honest. Um, nothing had really taken off for me. Nothing yeah. had really gone viral. So it was definitely exciting at the start. But by the time I went back the fourth time, and I'm going back again soon, so it would be interesting. Like, but it got a bit tiring okay. because like even our tour guide who was enjoying it at the start was like, guys, no more posting in real time. You're killing me. Like we're attracting really big groups of people everywhere we go. And he said it actually might start being a security issue. Yeah. Because the very first time we visited, we weren't allowed to post in real time due to, okay. just, due to security. But then we started getting like quite comfortable mm -hmm. so we were, like posting in real time. And then by the fourth trip, he was like, I really need you guys to stop it because it's getting out of, like we go to a cafe and like 20 people would just show up to try and come and talk to us or, which is nice, but it's For very, the like, advertisement for the cafe, for sure. Great for the cafe, yeah. yeah. And like, yeah, they would just always photograph us like, look, white people in our ice cream shop or whatever. And yeah. then we, I remember like the second group trip I brought there, uh, that was when things just blew up, it was crazy. He's phrased to say about a rap um, but yeah, they we were we were essentially the number one trending item, okay, on Facebook, Facebook. in Iraq for forty eight hours. Shit, wow. I mean, like our photo had been shared probably like five million times on Facebook, so like it was, I guess, in a way, a security issue. And then the next day, we got contacted by like Al Jazeera, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we hear that you've like restarted tourism in Iraq. Can we can we come like follow you for a day and like do a picture on you?" So we're like, sure, this is absolutely bonkers, but okay. I don't know if I'd like that though. No, no, yeah. no. It's I like been a little bit off the grid. Yeah. It's get, it get as tired for sure. As we're recording something for YouTube, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I no, I get it. Like, so it was the first trip was probably the best one. The second one was exciting because like we were going viral and the the, the guy with the TikTok, and, you know, all the funny stuff. But it did kind of get a bit out of hand, you mm. know. I think it will have died down now because. Uh, a lot of people have actually started traveling to Iraq now. You know, maybe 100 people total. <laughs> but like, not a lot, a lot, but like, people are starting to travel there. And yeah. People have seen the videos and realized it is actually safe and there's a lot to see and do there. Mm. Um, so I think it won't be a case of where they're like, oh, look, tourists. They'll just be like, oh, another Muslim tourist branch, whatever. So 101 countries ticked off. Yeah. Where was your first? You mean apart from Ireland? <laughs> yeah. uh, do you count Ireland as one of the countries? No. Okay, that's okay. I, think, oh yeah. um, so I was going to say she's only got 100 if she Yeah, yeah. Right. No, I think France. Family holiday in France. Yeah. Okay. We used to go, we used to drive a lot and do like, my parents used to do house swaps. Okay. So we'd like, we live on a farm in Ireland and so mm. we'd go and stay in some like beautiful house inside the France with a swimming pool or whatever. 
And they'd come over and take our farm for two weeks. And we had horses and stuff. So they thought they were getting a good deal. Yeah. Me and my sister knew we were definitely, definitely getting a good deal. Swimming pool, a boat on the river at the end, like good weather. Like, yeah, really good. So then what kicked it off then for you to head off solo traveling? Yeah. Like what gave you the, this Ooh. travel bug that we all talked about? Honestly, there's been like so many different moments. So like from quite a young age, mm. like, so we did a lot of really good family holidays and stuff when I was quite young. And then I went to boarding school. And when I was... 15, I think it was 15, someone came to our school and was like, um, we're looking for volunteers to go to Belarus during the summer to work for, uh, volunteer in an orphanage um, for people that were affected by Chernobyl, essentially. It was quite a big thing in Ireland. I don't know if you yeah. remember Edie Roach and, and this kind of stuff. So I was the only person in my school who was like, that sounds amazing. Everyone else was like, why would I give up my summer? You know, the final, the two months off school to like, go to Belarus you know but I was like that sounds amazing like, yeah. I was super interested so yeah I signed up for that so that was my first kind of travel experience and when I was 16 another thing someone came to our school and was like uh, advertising the Asgard do you remember that it's like a tall ship in Ireland and you can do sail training so it's like like a pirate ship is how I would actual pirate ship like, yeah massive sailing boat that fits like 30 people like huge wooden old school kind of like the genie johnson i don't know if you know that but um yeah so i would go on this boat for a few weeks at a time we sailed to poland we sailed to um netherlands denmark did sailed you, around ireland did you feel safe because it's old boat right they're pretty old but um not that old no. okay they weren't too old just look they say they look like a pirate ship yeah. okay but um that was amazing and then another person came to my school and did a talk and said we um are looking for our volunteers to go to africa for a year um and teach and i was like that sounds amazing again apparently i was the only person in my school that thought that that, that sounded amazing <laughs> everyone else went off to university and i was like well i'm off to africa bye <laughs> I was 18. That should be interesting, so, Africa. Yeah, I went. It's funny because I applied for Malawi. That was my number one choice, followed by Nepal, not in Africa. And they messaged me like a month before I was due to go and said, actually, we're sending you to South Africa. Thus, oh, South Africa. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I ended up spending a year when I was 18 um, living in a really rural township. Um, definitely the only, well, I was the only white person living in a township because, in general, it's South Africa townships. Um, people of color are living there um, and that was an experience in itself um, teaching at a school where they didn't have a lot of resources so there was up to 96 people in my class and I was 18 but I pretended I was 25 because uh, like they some of them went up to 18 it was a high school yeah. so it was like people aged 13 to 18 if they were repeating they could be 19 or so many of them, like the girls, would have had kids uh, at 16 or 15 and then went back to school. So suddenly they're like 18, 19. So when people asked me, I said, oh, yeah, I'm 25. But yeah, I was, I was like just 18. And I was teaching like business economics and English. Shit, man. And yeah, 96 people. Like it was like two people on each chair, five people at each table. One of my classes, we didn't have a classroom. So I taught outside under a tree with a blackboard. 56 people teaching business economics under a tree. Wow. In South Africa. <laughs> That's do you, crazy. Do you still be in touch with anybody that was in school with you? Uh, so actually, just one, one quick one. Went to school with me in, in Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still really good friends with a lot of um, the people that I was in school with. But randomly, one of the girls I taught business economics to in South Africa when I was 18 tracked me down last year on Facebook. Shit. Right? Man. This is like 
15, 16 years later, and said that she wanted to thank me for essentially, I don't know, changing the path of her life, and that um, she wasn't very good in school until I did that year, and that I really helped her to get an A in business economics, and that she's now an economics professor. Sure, oh, no, she'd yeah. be so proud. It's a really poor school, you know, obviously, like not very many resources. So. How did it make you feel, right? Yeah. I started crying when I read the, that oh, message, but um, I couldn't believe she'd even tracked me down. I was just, it was just blew me away. But you never know, like I always say that as a teacher, it's such an admirable job, like, yeah, now I do social media and group trips and stuff, but I do sometimes look back and think, like, if I ever stopped this, I would go back to teaching because it's so rewarding. Mm-hmm. You never know the true impact you're having on people as a teacher. Did you come clean and tell her you were only 18 when you thought her? <laughs> no, I didn't, yeah. <laughs> I, I think we probably worked it out towards the end of the year because we I became quite friendly with the older kids. Okay. I think it was mainly more, like, at the start to get their respect yeah. and stuff, yeah. But I remember, like, it's so funny when I, just because I'm talking about it now, like, you guys have no idea how, like, old school this school was. Like, okay, it was, like, 16 years ago, but, like, like they didn't have computers. They didn't have internet. Like, barely had electricity. And I remember trying to teach the business teacher, like, the full-time business technology teacher, what a computer was. I'm not that old, like, guys. Come on. Like, you know, this is a time when we had already been doing... Bebo had Bebo was a thing in Ireland, and you know, like this was like oh, internet. Okay. Well, everything was a thing, like, okay. but it was just when was they this? hadn't. Two thousand four. Two thousand four. Yeah. Oh. We we don't we don't have anything like that too. We I I actually went to school, yeah. which we got taught on the grounds of school wow. and under a tree. Wow. I went to a school which is so big yeah. with the land wise. Wow. Only have one computer. We used to play Mario, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any sort of game you you got. Yeah. <laughs> and no electricity, for sure, yeah. 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 Yeah, so, I mean, it was just, I guess it was a culture shock, you know, for me, like, a reverse culture shock, that to know that all my friends back home already, like, the next year, think about it, I was going to DCU, college in Dublin, where everyone had a laptop, you know, some of our classes were online or whatever, like, and the, yeah, the year before, I was trying to explain to a business teacher, like, what the internet was. Like, so I've got a box, and you've got a box. <laughs> but I'm in one country, and you're in another country. And I send a message, and you get it. And he's like, stop, stop messing with me. Like, how does this work? I'm like, I'm not really sure. <laughs> it just pops up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I can only imagine it's, read between the lines, it's a very sort of humbling experience yeah. to go and realize, like, so maybe what big. we have in Ireland. So much. And yeah. you probably appreciate it a little bit more yeah, when you come back. So much. Yeah. You know, you see it here as well. Like I've um I've done some like volunteer work with like Rescue Two Thousand and some of the charities here. Okay. There's some really good ones like Feed Valley. During COVID especially, like because Valley tourism shut down, a lot of people in Valley were really struggling. And so uh I guess a lot of charities kind of just started up because of that, just to help families in need in Valley. Um and I just remember going up to North Valley and a few places and being yeah, quite shocked to be honest. I think we're in such a bubble here in Chengdu, we don't realize what's what? really happening in the rest of Bali. Yeah. I don't think, uh, I don't know if there is still electricity problems around North yeah. Bali or not, but still, I mean, when you live like this and you can't know anything outside. Of course, yeah. yeah. And even clean water is a huge issue. Like a lot of people get really sick. Um, yeah. So a lot of the charities now are bringing up these sort of um, filters for their, just very basic filters so that they can filter their water and have clean water. It's just, you do always think of places like, well, maybe even India and Africa, but like Bali, 
it's not on most people's radar that like these issues are also happening in Bali. True, know? yeah, because so, again, you don't really see that side of it on Unless on you literally go and seek it, yeah. you're not going to find it. Yeah. You're not going to see it on the main roads. You're not going to see it at the tourist sites, you know? No. But um, yeah, like there's, there are a lot of charities now helping out and a lot of is being done like um, building families' houses and making sure they do have yes. clean water and stuff. So it's good and to see. Did you, like, was there any particular area that you had done like with the charities? Was it again the sort of teaching side of it or did you? Here? Yeah, yeah. No, I was just, I was literally just helping out, pretty much just going with them to see it. I wasn't even oh, okay. volunteering per se. I just wanted to see what was happening. I was kind of helping to fundraise. Thanks. So it was me and some other Irish girls last year, last year or the year before, right in the middle of COVID anyway. So we kind of went and we were, with their permission, of course, um, videoed just like what their houses looked like, mm-hmm. um, what kind of health issues they were running into, their issues at running water, stuff like that. And um, yeah, it was like me, Sinead Hagerty, I think it was Becca Gillen. There was a few of us anyway. And we um, videoed it, posted it. I think we raised 20,000 euros in 24 wow, hours. congratulations. Yeah, so that was, wow. went to, I think that was either Feed Valley or Rescue 2000, <clears throat> one of the Valley charities, yeah. So yeah, no, I wasn't really volunteering. I was just kind of, I guess, using the Instagram platform. To well, do, yeah, stuff. more, yeah. yeah. But, um, how do you choose Bali? Because you've been traveled 100, 100 countries, man. Like, yeah. like why, why in the hell Bali? Right. Everyone has their unique story, right? Of how they mm. ended up in Bali. Yeah. I love hearing people's stories. Yeah. Like, oh, so, how did you end up here, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, mine is, is like everyone's, honestly, funny. But uh, I was on a work trip. Okay. So at the time, I was working as a travel writer. And um, the Indonesian government, the Indonesian Tourism Board, invited me and like nine other journalists to travel around Indonesia for two weeks. So we were in Jakarta, we were in Taraja, South Sulawesi, and the trip ended in Bali. Um, and essentially payment was made <laughs> on the last day and all the other journalists uh, were like, cool, like job's done, let's go home. And I suddenly had this extra few thousand euro in my bank account and I'm like hmm <laughs> this place is pretty nice you know nice uh tropical island and I was traveling already quite a bit at that stage but um I guess I was based in Ireland and I was just like no I don't think I will fly home and they had already paid for my return flight but I was like sorry I'm just not going to take it yeah and so all the other journalists flew home and then my friend messaged me and he's like have you heard about this place called Changu like it's really cool it's up and coming and I was like no I've heard of Semenyak but never Changu are you sure it's not Semenyak you're talking about no it's called Kangu you know <laughs> <laughs> I'm like okay Kangu <laughs> and that was like I think that was 2016 so maybe it was like seven years ago oh, yeah wow. really Changu was still quite small back then and um yeah so I came to meet him here and it all just kind of fell into place. Some, some, someone that was reading my blog, who still lives here now, um, I guess it must be on Instagram or something or Facebook. She was like, oh, are you moving to Bali? I'm moving to Bali. I've actually already found a villa, um, which is in what we've now called Tumbuk Bayou area. And she sent us the link and it was like this massive, luxurious five bedroom villa and they had two rooms. So me and my friend just booked in. We moved into the villa before that girl even got to Bali. <laughs> it was her villa, essentially. Yeah. Like, cool, we're moving in, thanks. <laughs> and then like, because uh, I, yeah, well, still, I think it was 2017 because the earthquake was going on. I just remember her being delayed because trying to go, I think was, was maybe erupting or something. But yeah, so it, that's pretty much it. And then I stayed for a few months. Then I continued with my travels. Like I had other work gigs around the world. And then I was like, I think I'm, I'm going to keep going back to Bali. So that's yeah. that's it. You I never left, like, yeah. And then I just like would rent rooms and villas or whatever, and yeah. And then yeah, I just decided actually I want to call this place home. 
That's, that's, what do you most like about Bali? Like? What do I most like about Bali? I think probably the people. Yeah. I have to say the people. Every time. I, like, I, I want to hear something different. That's, <laughs> that's why I asked the question. Like, I, think I would say the food. like, but And this is awful to say, but the food I like is like the Chengdu food, which is like not Balinese food. You know, like I love Indonesian food as mm-hmm. well, but like it wouldn't be my number one reason for staying. Yeah. So like... Okay, maybe I say the weather as well. Because like okay. when people at home ask, I probably do say the weather. Because I love sunshine. I come yeah. from Ireland, our weather sucks. Yeah, for um, three days to you. Yeah, three days. Yeah, yeah. And the whole year, really, yeah. pretty much. They have this joke in Ireland, they say like, oh yeah, we get one day of summer, last year fell on a Thursday. Something like that. Yeah, that place, listen, Barnet, has an ATM that comes around like uh, once a week. ATM? An ATM. It comes so around. Yeah. <laughs> What do you mean it comes around? When I was there, the guy had <laughs> said, you have to go to the next town, which is like 12 miles away. Oh, wow. There's this place called Innistainen. Yeah. And you have to go and withdraw money from there. Now, I don't know if this is 100% true, but what I was told was the ATM comes on the road. Comes the back around. Of, like it's like, like a, a portable, portable yeah, ATM. Yeah, like, 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 <laughs> pretty much on the back of like a, a Toyota Dyna or a, a pickup, and you withdraw your money, and oh, that's it for the week. And so they're gone. And then they go, yeah. It's like they can rob the whole shit. With like <laughs> they still have like a matchmaking festival. Yeah, they do. That's really like curious. Maybe, I, maybe you know more about this. I went and to I it do. once. Well, I was literally passing through this. like the list of murder. They literally have a famous guy, Willie, Willie Daly or something is his name. He's like a famous matchmaker. Like he's got a proven track record of like matchmaking people, like putting people together. So like people from... This is in line now, but it's mainly Irish farmers. Okay? It's like arranged marriage, but it's like yeah. all the singles yeah. go to the same place. Much, yeah. But it's really interesting because you have like all these Irish farmers that say never found love, maybe like Those are getting a bit older. But now it's like a lot of people coming from abroad. I don't know if you know that. It's loads of people are coming from all the women are coming from abroad. So like to, all these to the matching festival, oh, yeah. So like all these Irish farmers <laughs> are ending up with these like gorgeous like Polish women and like Russian ladies and stuff. It's very interesting. It's definitely taken a bit of a, a twist in the last few years. We might have to get a pair of wellies brought on here. <laughs> so what happens after matchmaking? They, they date it or they get married directly or what? It's not India. <laughs> that's, that's what the question is. No, like they date or whatever. But yeah, they, they, they're not forced to do anything. But he's just very good at like finding who should belong together. No yeah. idea how like, but yeah, a lot of people just like, dances and the whole it's a tiny village but every pub and all on the streets is parties and like it's funny because the guys are like the guys that go there are very like country is what we say like country yeah. so like they'd be like oh i've got i've got a hundred acres and you know they'd be telling you the size of their farm and how many animals they have like as if as a selling point you know okay. and i'm like i really don't care yeah. <laughs> I, I need to get really back to bali yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm done yeah. 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 so have you been to india i have yeah okay. i have i've been a few times and i'm going back there on in like a month in a i'm month. going in like 10 days or nine days where or. are you from in india um I'm from south Hyderabad. okay okay yeah. so That's, i'm like so, what do you think of India? I loved it, yeah. I spent two weeks in Kerala. Okay, I'll and I find it kind of like uh, yeah. uh, India for beginners. Yeah. yeah. And then um, I have traveled to Varanasi, Delhi, oh, yeah. Agra, Jaipur. And actually, before any of this kind of work, again, after university, but before like all the social media stuff and before 
or after the teaching, my lifeline is just very crazy. Okay. Um, I actually worked for a charity called the Hope Foundation. Hope um, Foundation. And they work with street kids in Calcutta. So I actually worked in Calcutta for a while. Yeah. So what do you think of India? It's yeah, it's chaos. Absolute <laughs> chaos. Like, just so colorful. You're like, I don't know where to look. I don't know what's happening. The food is incredible. It's just chaos. I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's yeah. chaos. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't been to India in 10 years. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, wow. I, I'm going to go in like oh. in about eight days. I'm, I'm very nervous. Yeah. Really nervous. Um, wow. But uh, so, so you, you've been to US? Yeah. Okay. Not recently, though, <laughs> uh, that I have five Iraqi passport stamps and one, one passport stamp for Syria. That's the trouble. I'm not like going to, be, I'm not allowed to go to America right They're now. They're probably going to go to this person. No, I'm laughing, but yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, I just have to go for an interview in the embassy. So normally you can get ESTA, which is like kind of yeah, like online visa. Yeah. So if you've been, funnily enough, actually, Iraq just got taken off the list. So if I, Iraq isn't actually a problem, but Syria is on the list. Okay. So if you've been to 100 countries, you've been you've seen like a lot of different cultures. Yeah. So what do you what do you think the, the culture thing is for everybody has their own unique culture? Like what do you think about culture now? Like how how we, your perspective of culture right now? Like, like what my culture is? Yeah, like right now. Yeah. Oh, you mix everything. Yeah. yeah, it's total mix. Like yeah, it's a total mix because like I love various traditions from different countries, and I still love some Irish traditions as well. But you know. Like I love in Bali the way they put the offerings out every morning. So I've even started doing it. I bought a load of incense and I light the incense around the house every morning and yeah. put it out on the street. And definitely you do kind of pick up tiny little uh, traditions as as you go. Um, and depending on what country you're living in. Like, um, like I remember when I lived in South Africa, they have this tradition, which I didn't really like, but it was quite fun, funny, where they pour a bucket of water on you on your birthday. Because they say, like, it helps you grow. You're like a plant. You you know? <laughs> yeah, no, like, so on your birthday, like, say, in the school or whatever, they'll just come with a bucket of water and chuck it on you. Yeah. Like, now grow. You know, good job. Like, grow another year. Like, yeah. Nice. But um, it's always interesting to hear, like, the different, yeah, the different traditions in, in different countries. And some of them you can pick up and some of them you can pass on. Yeah. The bucket of water. <laughs> <laughs> because we have a culture for birthday uh, when you're uh, the... One person holds the legs, one person holds the hands. Okay. And they beat the shit out of the back. What? <laughs> yeah, like... Uh, Different type of birthday bumps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I feel like... I don't know about you, but when I was... And this is kind of awful to say. Maybe it was just a boarding school thing. But when I was in school, yeah, it was your birthday. You you kind of, like, did tricks on the person. Yeah. So with I, the girls, we used to, like, throw the, her clothes out the window or, like... I don't know, hide her stuff. It was, it was like pretty That's tame. Like pranking. Pranking, yeah, yeah. But with the guys, they would like, I feel like they were like looking for you to like beat you up. I know one guy that hid up a tree for his entire birthday. He missed the whole day of school because he was so scared about his friends. Oh, the bear, the beatings. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, force your beatings used to be a thing too. Yeah. When you would go from like, say, like hey, primary school into your yeah. secondary school, you these apparent force your beatings. Yeah. Like ragging. Kind of shit, not kind yeah, of, kind of like some sort of yeah. hazing, but yeah, like way hazing, younger, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember getting taken by one of the blokes in the bus. He was a sixty-year. Took me up the stairs, put me on the shoulder, and uh, like lifted my hands in front of Baron, and then I was like 
I'm cool. When you've traveled so much, do you find it difficult then to slot in back home? As in yeah. with the mentality? For sure. It's probably why I don't really go home that much. And like when I do go home, um, I don't go home for very long. Mm. It's not even just me, but it's my friends as well. Like they've all moved on. A lot of them have got married now, have kids. So like finding time, even from them, finding time to spend with me is quite difficult when I go home. Like they're, they're busy, they have their lives. Um, and then, yeah, I just love life in Bali so much. Like, it sounds weird, but like, I love my scooter. Like, my friends laugh at me so much here, right? Because I'm obsessed with my scooter. Like, every day I go for like a 30 to one hour drive. Every day. Shit, no, Not to go no. anywhere. Just because I love driving. I put my music on. I will drive out to Kadungu. I drive up to Tabanan. I, sometimes I would go as far as Jatalui Rice Terraces. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. I'm like, I'm a weirdo. I'm such a weirdo. Like, I love it. The first thing I do, like, no matter how long I go away, my bike is getting parked at the airport. Because I am not sitting in a car when I get back to Bali for two hours getting stuck in traffic. I'm getting on my bike. So this is how crazy I am. Like uh, Now you give me actually, yeah, <laughs> I was thinking to go to park my scooter when I go to India. Like I probably It depends how long you go because it actually adds up quite fast. Okay. Yeah, if you're going for more than like 10 days, it's definitely worth it to leave your bike at home. Like, okay. But yeah, like the, the last time I came back and like, when I say crazy, I'm crazy because listen, I had a huge suitcase. I was just going to say, yeah, that. Right? if you're yeah. riding around a bike, it's surely with a backpack. Yeah. <laughs> Got my driver to come to the airport and pick up my suitcase, but I had my bike. Look at <laughs> this one. Uh, look at this one. Man. Just, take, just take me back. I'll take the bike. Okay, <laughs> he was like, Jan, and I was Why like, did you take a suitcase? You no, so days. I didn't. I didn't. So I oh. didn't take anything. I went home with literally my handbag. Oh, okay. But I had loads of stuff in Ireland because I hadn't been home in a while. And I have a villa here. I just built a villa. So I was like, I want to start filling my villa with stuff from home. Like brought back like 20 books and just loads of random stuff. Because I had 30 kg allowance, right? But yeah, then I was like, oh no, I've left my bike at the airport. But yeah, like I have this driver that I've used for the whole time I've been in Bali. Like he brought me from um, like Sonor to Kangu uh, that very first time. Because he lives next to the villa I moved into like five years ago. So oh, he's wow. been my driver for like five years. So he was like laughing, but he was like, yeah, no worries. I'll drop your suitcase off. Like You just drive by yeah. yourself. <laughs> yeah. So that, so that's one of the things like I love about Bali. I was like, this is a big tangent, Janet. Where, where are you going with this? The scooter. I love driving the scooter. And so one of the things I miss most when I'm back in Ireland is literally the scooter. One of the things I love the most about living in Bali is the freedom of being on the scooter and driving around. And, it's and so sunshine. free, I think. Like, I just feel so free and yeah. so happy like especially when you drive down roads like Pantai Lima or you know Sese, Kudungu or um, Chumagi it's just like rice fields the whole way down yeah it's beautiful scenery yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah just weird things I just miss so much when then, I go home. then how do you feel about hearing about the accidents recently a couple of people died uh, uh, on the shortcut yeah. so how do you feel about getting on the school the next day I think every time it happens, it does give me a bit of a scare, yeah. for sure, every time. And it's like, you know, I think I'm a pretty good driver. I drive, I like to think I drive carefully, like wear my helmet, everything, but it doesn't matter. 
because someone else can crash into you. Yeah. So yeah, every time, honestly, I just try and avoid certain areas. I don't cross the shortcut that much. Don't really go to Batu Bulag that much. I live in Prairanan and I tend to just stay in Prairanan or like if I'm going for my drives, I go like west, which is much quieter. And like, I feel like, I feel like so many of the accidents do happen like Batu Bulag, Barawa, maybe the shortcut. The traffic Places area. where people are going, but also like drink driving, right? Yeah. So a lot of people. In the night, yeah. Like late at night or whatever, yeah. it still happens, right? Yeah. So, and like say Friday night after Black Sands, stay away. That yeah. the road is chaos, right? Yeah. Batu Bulam, yeah, Friday Black evening. Sands, Friday night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, busy, yeah. yeah, I think it is scary, and like I think every time it happens, like me and my friends get a bit of a shake. You know, they're like, everyone is so like, oh, like it's just so easy to wear your helmet, and then the next time I go out, and I'm like looking at all my friends, all five of them say that I've been like. Why don't people just wear their helmets? I'm like, hey guys, where's your helmets? <laughs> you know, it's so easy just to forget it there, right? Or, yeah, or yeah. just not even forget it, purposely forget yeah, it, right? I'm You're like, oh, I'm just shop. going to the beach. I'm just going to the shop. I'm like, going to get a pint of milk. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? So, yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah. It's a tough one. It, I still love my school. So, in, in all these 100, 100 countries, like, let me say, so you've seen all the cultures, you've seen all the people, and you have, Ireland has its own mentality, yeah. India has its own, has yeah. its own mentality. So, do you think, Everybody has the same mentality. They think they're different, but they're not. When it comes down to like the mentality of how the life is, like mm. then they try to live the cross through. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's still some cultures that are just so different that it's almost hard to like blend in with them. Like for example, moving say to Bali, like to Indonesia. Of course, it's a different culture and they are quite different. But I've got local friends and. It's quite easy to get along. But I think, say, if you were to move somewhere like, yeah, even Iraq, say, or maybe like Afghanistan or places in the Middle East or like places like Korea, Japan. I think some places the culture is even more different and then it, it can be a bit more challenging, you know. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it depends. But it comes down to it. Once you can communicate, like, say, you speak their language or they speak English, it does get a lot easier, doesn't it? And you just realize, like, well, actually, we are the same, like. Yeah, let's, we both enjoy the sunset. We're both enjoying like, just find a vintag. Like, I don't know, whatever. Really simple things, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like, uh, people living life, like, we need to get a job, we need to get a wife, get yeah. settled down. It yeah. all comes down to the same thing. Everybody has the same. That's yeah. The one way of living life. I think in a way, but I think certain countries um, ingrain in you that this is the way that needs to be done more than others yeah. like for example i lived in south korea for two years and there if you're not married by the age of 25 forget about it like yeah. that's their culture yeah. like 25 you're old you're done ah good luck <laughs> and i'm just like wow whereas you know maybe in our culture is like yeah there is still the pressure but i think it's becoming less and less because yeah. a lot of people now are like actually i'm not gonna get married like i might have kids but i might not get married or i might get married but i might not have kids and like, especially in Ireland, it would have been very ingrained in us. But now I really do feel not, it's not as much anymore. So I do think some cultures are still pressuring people a lot for, yeah, like say, the, the, go to university, get a job. Whereas now, even in Ireland, it's like, well, actually, you don't need to go to university. Like some of the top entrepreneurs in Ireland just learned to like do web development at the age of 16 or whatever, and then yeah, went yeah. on to found tech companies and stuff. Yeah. So I do think things are changing progressing more in some countries as opposed to others yeah i've got one question yeah um just say kind of ties in with that as well so females back home yeah you travel to 101 countries have you got any advice or good experience bad experience as a female solo traveler yeah 
So I feel it's a lot easier for us blokes to go and travel yeah. than it is for females. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think like stuff like Facebook groups are just amazing. Yeah. There are Facebook groups in like almost every country to help you travel. Like in Bali, for example, there's girls in Bali and it's invaluable information there. Like they, they do meetups and you can even just post and say, hi, I'm coming to Bali. I'm traveling solo. Would anyone like to go for a coffee? And they, these groups exist like all over the world. There was this thing called Girl Crew for a while. Um, my sister and her friend were running it and it was like Facebook groups all over the world just for girls and to organize like meetups, book clubs, all sorts of stuff like this. So I, I do think that one of my, even though I barely use Facebook, when I travel, uh, when I go to like, especially obscure countries, like there's this group called Every Passport Stamp and it's for people that are trying to go to every country in the world. And it's for people that are getting advice for quite obscure countries like I posted in it today because I want to go to Tajikistan. Like, does, oh, any, does anyone have some advice about Tajikistan, uh, right? Yeah. I heard Tajikistan, but Tajikistan. Tajikistan, yeah. And so, yeah, I'm hoping. And then there's a spin-off group and it's called Every Passport Stamp, but it's like the girls group. And it's just, just feels like a little bit of a safer space because sometimes when you post in the main group, people are like, oh, like, why are you posting that? Like, Egypt's amazing. Like, I can't believe you're telling people Egypt's hard. I'm like... But that was my personal experience. Yeah, I got yeah. harassed. I got yeah. followed home. Yeah. I had people say pretty horrendous stuff to me, like in Morocco, for example, when I was just trying to get back to my hotel. And men following me down alleyways, like, you know, some scary, some pretty scary stuff. And it's just, that's my personal experience. So, yeah, I really think Facebook groups are amazing, like, for finding um, fellow travelers and stuff. And also, if I can plug myself, I organize Absolutely. group trips for, for women. I organize group trips for women, so... Come, come on a Janet's journey strip. So say to somebody listening now that's like, fucking, I'm going to do it. Yeah. That's it. Quit my yeah. job tomorrow and I'm going. What, yeah. do, what did it do? Or where is it exclusive to people from Ireland or is it all over the world? Uh, well, my trips are for anyone. anyone. They're open to absolutely anyone. Um, they're just a few weeks at a time. But like, I have one girl coming in on my Iraq trip in April. That's going to be her sixth trip with me. Which is crazy because I only set this up 16 months ago. <laughs> so I was saying to her, like, do you want to just like wire your income to my bank account? Because <laughs> you're sending me all your money anyway. But um, yeah, she just loves it. And there's quite a few now that are almost competing with each other. They're like, well, I've done four of Janet's trips. Well, I've done five of Janet's trips. I'm like, keep coming. Like, it's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's amazing. And they like the return rate is incredible. It's absolutely just blows my mind. Like, say... Uh, out of 10 people that came on my Sri Lanka trip, eight of them have already signed up for another trip. Oh, yeah, and like, I think almost everyone that came on my very first trip to Turkey have now signed up for another trip. So this is only girls' trips? Um, so mainly, yeah, it, it is, it's kind of turned into just girls, mm -hmm. but uh, the Turkey trip was mixed. Most of the, two of the Iraq trips were mixed, two Namibia trips were mixed. But I think every trip I've sold out this year, the 10 trips this year, are all girls. Maybe you yeah. should invite us, bro. Yeah, come on. Not only because I can let your hair down. Not every beer. No, no, not if it goes with like a trip. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. we all go together. Yeah, yeah. But I do totally understand that whole thing about females only. It's just, we have this crazy bond, you know? For a long and, time, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. But I do now because you know it's just girls. You're going to be girl chat. It's not going to be like every guy going to be hitting on the girls. Exactly, yeah. I'm just feeling safe and just like, 
they they just bond so fast. It just it's crazy each time. Like within the first day, they're all like planning their next trips together. They're like, oh, you can come up and stay at my house in Dublin when you're back. And the girl from Wales is like, cool, should I book my flights now? I'm like, guys, it's day one of the trip. Like, calm down. Like, they're already planning their next trips. Like, it's crazy. What do you think of the common topic for uh, for you guys to kind of, kind of solve up? Do you know, it sounds funny, but they, they love to talk about podcasts. Yeah. I thought guys. No. <laughs> That's a common no. topic. Yeah, you would, you would think, but no, like, it actually rarely ends up talking about guys. It's literally like, they'd be like, oh, there's a there's a famous podcast in Ireland called... Scooby my, my, Gang. Yeah, yeah. It's called Scooby Gang. Yeah. <laughs> it's called my, my, <laughs> uh, my therapist ghosted me. And it's a pretty big one. It's like pretty famous at the stage in Ireland. And um, it sounds weird, but I don't think there's been a single trip where like they haven't brought up that podcast. Really? You know? And like, and then music as well. Like, it'd be like... Uh, Westlife or Dermot Kennedy or whatever. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I don't know. Dermot I don't know. Really know. I don't <laughs> rendition of this one was better than what you, well, Dermot Kennedy's okay. Westlife, not for me. No. I, I only want to know one thing. You guys need to only talk about Scoopy Gang, nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Going forward, I'll yeah. say there's a new rule. We're not allowed to talk about my therapist goes to me. Yeah, <laughs> we should do. We should make a drinking game for them. Yeah. We should yeah, exactly. Yeah. Every time it's mentioned, shot. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. And they never run out of stuff to talk about. But yeah, like music is a huge thing. And often like we'll have a really good playlist. So when we're on the bus, like we're always just like singing along to songs and we'd be on a boat trip. We're singing along. I have this rule and like I love it. Most people think I'm a weirdo, which we've already established. I'm definitely a weirdo. But like, um, yeah, yeah, we know. <laughs> we know, we know. <laughs> yeah, but we are. Do you know the Christmas song, Fairytale of New York? Absolutely. Oh, obviously, right? Yeah. You've probably never yeah, heard of this, right? You would have heard it. You would have heard would it, have but heard. you don't know. The yeah, name is kind of confusing, right? Yeah. Fairytale of New York. So it's like this really famous Christmas song. It doesn't really sound much like Christmas song. It's full of like swear words, derogatory terms. But it's like the one that Irish people like to sing along to most. It's like you know, after a few drinks, like you really get into it. So every single one of my trips, and my trips are throughout the year, March, April, June, July, August, whatever. We have to at least play Fairytale of New York once, right? So like we were in Mexico in October, I think it was, and we're all on the boat in Mexico City, just blasting out Fairytale of New York and all the other boats passing us are just like, what is happening? You know, yes, come back, you We're just shouting and like, it's just like a tradition now. So like now the people that have been on my previous trips, like by day two or three, they're like, I don't know, we haven't had Fairytale New York yet. Like what's happening? And like, yeah. we'd be in Namibia on safari and we'd, there'd be like literally dress outside the window and we're all sitting inside by the fire singing Fairytale New York in July. You know, <laughs> such good crack. Like. So, you know, like as a woman, so you, you told me there's people following in Morocco. Yeah. What is the craziest story, uh, thing ever happened to you in this whole traveling thing? I think I know it's hard to answer the question. Craziest thing. A terrible story. I mean, I have many. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't like. I can't think of anything like, you know, super negative. Say, but I have. I just yeah, I have some crazy stories. One one crazy story was I was living in Kenya for a few months, and I was um, with two friends from college. We were 19, and we had heard about a lake nearby few hours away it was in lonely planet and it said there was a beautiful lodge by the lake kind of hard to get to but like really beautiful so we take a bus there we were teaching so after friday work we went take a bus there and then it was like about a six kilometer walk pretty much across desert to get to this lake it was all a bit bit wild right so it was just approaching dark when we get there 
there was no lodge. Lonely Planet don't update their guides that regularly. <laughs> and uh, it was like probably about 10 years out of date, the guidebook. So there was like a remains of a lodge, right? But it was too dark. Like we couldn't go back at this stage. It's not that safe of an area. It's like it's like the Turkana Desert in northern Kenya. So it's like quite known for like tribal conflict and stuff like that. Okay. So we're like there and like the whole weekend just turned into this crazy episode. So first of all, it's too dark to go back. And so we meet some locals that are like minding the abandoned lodge and they are like, if you pay us $10, we'll protect you. We're like, from what? And they were like, anything. And we're like, okay. <laughs> you know, we're like, are we protecting ourselves from them? <laughs> from, oh yeah. And then it turned out, uh, Lake Turkana, again, Lonely Planet, I forgot to mention this, uh, has the largest concentration of crocodiles in the world. So there's like 20,000 Nile crocodiles inside of it. And we're like, great um and then you know we're in this kind of dangerous area so they, they were like yeah you can just sleep on the beach pay us ten dollars each and essentially we'll make sure no one rapes you wow and we're like right okay shit he shouldn't have said that thing <laughs> sorry <laughs> beep <laughs> but yeah no, 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 like yeah 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 so yeah, but yeah. and that wasn't like you know we were just like ah, take my money but also like we we're scared to go to sleep that night right you know it was really scary and then the next day, you know, they were like, oh, do you want to, we, we woke up, we were fine, we were alive. And um, they were like, oh, we have a boat, do you want to come out? And it's literally like a, a tree that they've carved out into a canoe, you know. And everything about it, I was like, but there's crocodiles in the lake. And they're like, no, 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 you won't fall out, it's fine, we'll go fishing, it's very popular here. So we give us another $10, or okay, fine. So we get in, and like within minutes of going out, it was really rough. Um, one of my friends, her camera fell off the boat. And I was like, no life jackets, nothing. I'm like, we could literally die today. Like we could, we're all good swimmers, but I was like, we could drown, get eaten by crocodiles. We, these guys could kidnap us. I don't know. So we, we were like, cancel it all. Bring us back to the shore. We're, we're walking back now. We're going to go back to the town where we're staying. And so we're walking along and all the local kids are following us. We've probably got about a hundred kids following us. We're teaching them like funny songs and um, we're like doing the hokey pokey with them. And just, you know, like when, when you're in these rural places, it's always fun to like chat with the kids. And they follow us as far as a certain point. And it turned out the lake, there's like a tidal river and the tide had come in. So it wasn't there when we were coming, but it was there when we were coming back. And we were like, we really need to get out of here. Like it's, nothing felt safe. We knew that there was a bus leaving at like 6 p.m. back to like where we were staying. So we we're like, we just need to go these six kilometers, get to this town, get the bus, we're grand, we're out of here, you know? And so we start walking into the river and all the kids start shouting like, don't do it, don't do it. And we're like, okay, these are little kids in Africa. They're normally pretty confident. They're not scared of much. We're like, why? And they were like, crocodile, crocodile. So like, I'm not kidding, right? I've got my tiny backpack on my head and I'm like over waist deep in water. And uh, me and my friends are walking. And at the time I'm thinking, would I rather lose a leg or an arm? Because if the cro crocodile gets you, like, are you going to like try and grab its eyeball? Are you going to try and kick it? Like, what are you doing? So I had already decided that I would lose an arm because I just, like, I want my legs, you know, like I can survive without one arm. Okay. Can you imagine the thoughts going through your head? And it was only like, 100 meters but like you can see not too close to us but a bit of this you can see the heads popping up i mean my friends are like don't splash the water too much but just keep going straight just keep fucking going like let's just get out of here like so we eventually make it across the kids are all screaming they're all cheering us and we're like oh so we walk like the five kilometers to the town we just missed the bus 
missed the last bus so we're just like what the heck so this farmer puts us in like a chicken shed that's just full of shit and flies and disgusting gives us some local food covered in flies we eat it and then he says there's a truck leaving in 10 minutes it's full of fish from people fishing in the lake like okay and i hate fish i do not like seafood so we end up hitchhiking on top of this truck right like literally just sitting on the mounds of fish for three hours back to the sitting local on the village sitting on the stinking. it was disgusting Ugh. like no. absolutely gross and we get back and like we were staying on a missionary compound because we were like volunteering and like the priests they were irish and were like yeah come over for dinner you know and like how was your weekend oh yeah fine <laughs> not much happened very relaxing bullshit you know they're like yeah, you're a bit smelly <laughs> yeah so i'd say that was one of my craziest stories Oh man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we couldn't top anything. I Boys and girls, thank you very much for taking time out of your day to come and listen to us. That's been our episode with Janet. On behalf of myself and TJ, again, thank you for taking time out of your day. Booyakashi.